Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Hey, blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit CenterizeBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! Get ready to hear some noise tonight! You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio! Let's have a dining brook! Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 22 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated, never duplicated, indoor plumbing appreciating for the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Special thanks to rockin'thatidealife.com and centerizebrewery.com for probably sponsoring the show. Please check them out. It is Wednesday, February 9th, and we're broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook. This is franchise episode number 340 all-time. It's a nice round number. To interact with the show, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just do a search for us. You will find us. I'm Craig Price, and my co-host for tonight's big show are Jeff Ponder and Bill Day. And on the agenda tonight, we do have Craig Berube's uh, three-year extension, Jordan Kairou shines during All-Star Weekend, Robert Bertuzzo and Logan Brown sign extensions. The St. Louis Blues return to play on Thursday versus New Jersey. And Rocky Wirtz is a complete buffoon. All that and more on your weekly live edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. You guys uh, ready for some uh, some hockey talk? And is a cat behind you, Jeff? There is a cat behind me, yes. My uh, my cat, Dr. Zoidberg. Showing, which... uh, showing the camera. Her ass. <laughs> His ass. Oh, yeah, he does. That's what he does. But, hey, great news <laughs> in, in talking about dr zoidberg did you see the news about futurama that was released never seen a full episode oh go ahead, blast. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. good Be, show do, no, do it's that good show. do it's, that th- i know i i no, it's fine it's, it's fine you haven't seen it i actually uh you know i it took me a long time to get into it actually i didn't get into it until they took their first break and then i loved it i'm like this show's great i hope it comes back it did i think sci-fi network picked it up and it I thought the Sci-Fi Network episodes were awful. I didn't like any of them. Didn't just didn't even make it through them. Now I think it's Hulu is picking them up. So I hope they do a much better job. Uh, they're coming back. They announced it, so I'm very happy about that. Hmm. Hmm. 
Side note. But yeah, yeah very cool. I, I, and that's I, where I, the cat's I, name comes from is Dr. Zoidberg I, is one of the characters on there. Yeah, I, I, I understood the reference. I, I have seen the show, but I don't think I've ever seen a full episode. Um, it doesn't hold my attention. It's not a, I'm not knocking the show. It's just not, I don't think it's for me. Nah, it's not for everyone. And I like I've I've caught episodes, but I couldn't name a single character other than after tonight, Dr. Zoidberg. Yes. Dr. Zoidberg. <laughs> you always have Zoidberg. Uh Kurt, you really thought I was just gonna come after you for that. I did. I would well, do that if you were I, like well, I've never seen The Simpsons. Then I'd be like, what yeah. the fuck's wrong with you? I, I thought it was gonna be one of those cases where someone says, Oh, I like this show, and someone else says, I haven't seen it, and the other person goes, You've never seen the show? That that is my wife with like any chick flick and i'm like why do you think i have seen every chick flick because you're married to her well yeah i mean i've seen a lot because of her but like i don't know she brought up uh when harry met sally i've never seen that and she she well, flipped I... out how have you never seen that and i'm like why would i ever see that it's a good movie uh, because it's a very good movie i could <laughs> flip that. out it is i could flip out over that it's it's not yeah it it is it was a great movie probably for us more you know curtain curtain myself gentlemen of our age will gentlemen of a certain more. age Right, gentlemen of a certain. Well, she's age. she's she's even younger than you guys and me. Yeah, it came but out, she's a chick. It, it, it was yeah, a movie you had in your library when you were dating. Mm -hmm. to, oh, to put hell on. yeah, yeah, to put on. Right. So. Right, like and then you know when. <laughs> yeah. When uh yeah when Sleepless in Seattle came out and you got doubled down on that that whole thing like you had two movies for you know one of your first five dates. Hmm. Either one works, and if it, if that goes well, then you have a follow up movie for the next night. So it's, it's great. It's probably part of the original Netflix. It was before Netflix and Chill. It was Sleepless in Seattle and Chill, I guess. Yeah, I probably. I can see that. Sleepless in Seattle is a good movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything with with Tim Honks is is Tim Honks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. I think I saw a question on uh, Twitter or somewhere today. It said. Uh, what big star what would upset what big star would upset you the most if it found if you found out that they were a complete asshole and um, oh. and, I, and the first thing that popped ahead with my head was that tom hanks I'm like, if, tom, if, I, if i found out mm -hmm. tom hanks was a complete dick i'm like oh man he's in so much stuff i like <laughs> absolutely uh, christian that, that is christian knutson has come answer. out swinging He's come out swinging. Uh, by the way, they got a new live listener, Christian Knutson. Oh, wonder if he's related to Espen Knutson. I was gonna say it sounds uh, like a hockey he player. Says, he says Futurama sucks. Uh, okay, <laughs> we can't I mean, all agree on everything. I'm, I wouldn't go so far as to say it sucks. I, it's not for me, but you know, to each their own. <laughs> like I said, I remember watching it when it first Coming came out. Coming to the show. Weird after, after like a Super Bowl. It was like. 98 99 super bowl they premiered it and i was just like this is the worst show ever made and i didn't watch it the whole time it aired and then one of my friends convinced me and i finally watched it and i think i was back when we used to get dvds of the seasons right and uh mm. about like 04 05 i started watching it. i was like oh this actually isn't bad well i mean i i've probably used the meme the take my money meme more than i have watched the show that's that's a great <laughs> meme and that's so, a great scene too. Yeah. So yes. 
Uh, official beers of episode number 340. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle's at CPrice12. Jeff's is jponder94, and Bill's is billybluenote33. Jeff, you are up. What's up? Well, guys, today, look at that, I got it right. Yeah, fat tire. Didn't even have to turn it around. Is that a new um, label? I don't think so. Maybe. It's washed out. It's washed uh, out. Is the bike washed out? I can't see it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You can't see the bike. Yeah. Hang on. Right. Let's see. Uh, there it is. Kinda, it's still, it's still a new label compared to one I recall. There we go. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Fat Tire. Uh, just one of my favorite uh, beers I usually have in stock from New Belgium, an Amber Ale. So if you're into Amber Ales, I recommend those. First time I had Fat Tire was at Tin Can Tavern, I think, a long time ago. Uh, Bill, we have, sir. I didn't have enough time to come up with a theme for why I was drinking this, but I have a Das Vidanya. I'm so close Ready to there. Tidy. So close to perfect. Oh, so works. close. <laughs> it works. But I, I you turned did it, it perfect in rehearsal. <laughs> I know. By Destil Yeah, by Destil. Yes, Das Vidanya. Rye whiskey barrel aged Russian style imperial stout. It was it was a pretty penny for this one beer. It was uh eight dollars uh, about uh no about fifteen dollars. Oh so wow. Yeah. Nice. So. That's that's a that's a expensive beer. Yeah. Is, is well, this a pint? Just a sixteen or what? Yeah. Uh it's a sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So wow. It's lovely. I'm it's lovely. I'm happy for you. That's uh quite nice um i tonight for me was a um let's see what someone left in my fridge and i'll drink it kind of beer tonight so let's see if i can get this up on up on camera without turning it or messing up where it's positioned that's not too bad perfect uh grapefruit paloma (laughs) any good by by absolute it's a uh, you know it's a seltzer I, I, i it's not bad I, I I was not expecting to like it, but it's it's not bad. Who it's left pretty, that in pretty, pretty pretty lavender can. The yeah. Seltzer, that's, seltzer uh, berry. Seltzer was it berry? that uh, he asked who left it in the fridge? Oh, didn't, didn't I think Sarah it was. Bring those? I think it was Sarah. I think Sarah brought it over and left yeah. it here. God, that's Sarah. What a bitch. Oh, uh, leaving leaving beer in my fridge or well, I'm kidding. Alcohol in my fridge. Maybe. Is. Yeah. I'm sure Sarah's a fine lady if she's friends with you. She, yeah, I mean, she's, she, yeah, she's a, she's a good person. Hmm. So there you go. And she leaves, she leaves alcohol here. So there you go. Known to associate with scoundrels, but. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> uh, she, uh, uh, scoundrels who outkick their coverage. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL blues history Twitter account. February 9th, uh, 1966. Very important day in blues history, one you don't hear enough about, really. The NHL announced St. Louis was one of the six new conditional franchises. There were three groups interested in the NHL St. Louis franchise. The Solomon family, who ended up winning uh, the bid, the, uh, a group with Stan Musial involved, and the third group had a member of the DeWitt family in it. So it's rather interesting. Hmm. Yep. Awarded today. 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 Awarded today, February 9th, 1960. So today is the anniversary of the official start. So, so let's ask this question. 
Yep. Does was it was it announced like in the newspapers and TV on this day, or did it actually happen the night before? Because we all know the media didn't work the same way back then. I the NHL announced. I'm going by uh, Blues history, so so that that probably means that it was in the paper. It was probably in the news. Yeah, well, they may awesome. they they may have decided the day before, but they may not, may not have officially announced it until today. Right. So, and maybe. we would have had it leaked an hour later if that were nowadays. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they may have sent a telegram via, uh, you know, the Wells Fargo wagon. Oh from, yes, of course. <laughs> right from Toronto lock, to St. Louis in the lockbox. <clears throat> What's it called? Is it called lockbox? Yes. Or have a name? That lockbox. Is that the same lockbox that Al Gore referenced? Same kind of thing. Yes, same thing. Same exact, same exact box too. Yeah. Hmm. That's fun facts. That's shocking. The more you know. <laughs> uh, February 9th, nineteen eighty-eight, St. Louis hosts the nineteen eighty-eight NHL All Star Game. Bobby Plager, Bob uh, Barkley Plager, Bob Plager, and Al Arbor were all named honorary captains. Uh, with the passing of Barkley, his sons Kevin and Kelly stood in for him, and Barkley passed away, if I remember correctly. Just a couple days prior to this, to this, mm-hmm. uh, or the day before, maybe even. Uh, yeah, they they announced it. Um, from what I remember hearing, as I was three, actually I wasn't even three at this point. I was two. Um, no, you're one. From what I remember hearing, he he passed away, like just a couple days after they announced that they were honorary captains. So, that's I'm glad they didn't like reshuffle and say, oh, let's give it to someone else. It's cool that they let the kids step in for him. It was yeah, and it was a couple days before the game too. It was it was like bang bang right before. I'm looking now. He died on February sixth, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, so three days before. Three days. Um, Mario Lemieux scored three goals and had three assists, including the game winning uh, goal in overtime. Uh, Lemieux set the record for points in an All Star game, and uh, Matt Nasland set the record for assists with five. And if you look behind me, there's my finger right there. The ice bucket. The yeah, the uh, 1988 St. Louis All Star Game ice bucket is on the shelf behind me, or one of them. Which as a guy was uh, a long time ago. A guy was uh, selling some blues memorabilia, and uh, and he it was a 1988 All Star Game ice bucket. I'm like, well, that's weird and different. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I don't have it. About I don't have all else I the All Star Game. Yeah, memorabilia. about. All I remember uh, about that is about the All Star Game, is that I was heartbroken that I couldn't get tickets because Patrick Waugh. It was, I believe, it it was his first All Star Game, and is that right? We uh, yeah, we didn't get tickets, and uh, Mario took home the truck that night. Yeah, yeah, he won the, Dakota. He won the vehicle. Uh, it's yeah, better than- I. Uh... I cried that night because I had uh, I had pooped myself. <laughs> I was about I'm to say. Guessing. I'm just guessing yeah. as a two-year-old. <laughs> Chances more are. Than I mean, yeah, more than likely. Yeah, every couple hours that happens. <laughs> yeah, you never know. It just uh, kind of comes out. February 9th, 2001, Scott Mellonby was traded to the St. Louis Blues by the Florida Panthers for the, the rights to Dave Morissette and the fifth-round pick in the 2002 draft. That was a that was a nice. I mean, Melanie was a nice uh, player for us for a while. Um, 
I remember I here, at the time, just everyone in, in Florida and St. Louis and everybody up in Canada, whatever the coverage was then, I think it was TSN, just raving that that was a steal for the Blues. And mm. it was. I mean, uh, yeah. because I, mean, I remember he... at the time, the conversation was, well, they went out and got Melon Beast. They're not gonna, that means they're not going to get Kachuk. Well, a couple weeks later, we all know what they did. But it was just like, wow, they got both of them, and they got Melonby for pretty much nothing. Yeah, I mean, Melonby yeah. was a, a a veteran. He was sick. Well, he had, he was in the league for like 15, 16 years already, something like that. Yeah. But uh, but still, he he had some nice nice years for us. Yeah, he did. Uh, that Kachuk yeah. Dimitra Melonby line, whoo, hmm. that was sick. I guess we'll leave out the part about his kids spreading the flu through the locker room in two thousand three. But nope, you know, <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> You want to hear more about that? You can listen to <laughs> Curtis Sanford talk about it on our show. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Matt, I also want to add David Morissette. One of you will know this. He did end up playing in the NHL for 11 games. Do you know which team? Tampa Bay. No. Pittsburgh. My clue was that one of you will know this. Oh. Apparently, I Montreal. was Montreal. Montreal Canadiens. And he's actually part of, uh, he does broadcasts for RDS. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, Matt Harris said his beer for tonight is the Bourbon Love Honey from Lost 40 in Little Rock. I want to say I've seen this beer somewhere in the wild. That sounds familiar, the Bourbon Love Honey. Mm. I think I've heard of the brewery too, is uh, Lost 40. If I remember correctly, I went to, when I lived in Dallas, there was a lot of Alabama brewery beer uh, at this one spot I always went to. So Arkansas. I think I've seen that before. Arkansas. Arkansas. I'm sorry. Arkansas. 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 Yeah. And Matt Harris also said fat, fat Tire is a really nice amber. New Belgium is one of the better, larger uh, craft brewers. 1554 is another good one from them. I've never had it. I'll check that out next time I go over to Friar Tuck. Oh, uh, very, yeah. Very, very good beer, 1554. And uh, Ken Morris says Fat Tire sounds like a beer for Harley riders. Yeah, yeah I could see that. We got uh, some Craig Bruby news to talk about. He resigned for three years, so we'll talk about that. He was fired? He was, no, he the, opposite. the opposite. Yeah, you did just say he resigned. I said resigned. For three years. I'm not doing this job for three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back. He resigns for three years. I'll come back in 2025. <laughs> uh, you see the notes. It says re hyphen signs. No, you're right. You got it right. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the notes. In the notes. NHL uh, All-Star Weekend happened. NHL Cairo was amazing. Um, and then uh, Bertuzzo was resigned too. So we got some stuff to talk about uh, Blues News Wise, and we'll get to that right after uh, ID Life. You don't live your life like the guy you see at the gym powerlifting seven days a week. You also don't live it like the cycling class instructor or the vegan who gets her steps every day. So why go to the vitamin store and try the same stuff they're using and hope it meets your needs? Newsflash, it doesn't. RockinThatIDLife.com is here to help you better understand how you respond to food and exercise. Their supplements are developed to make sure you're using quality products you can trust to achieve the results that are meaningful to you is your goal to improve overall energy achieve deeper sleep lose or gain weight the answer to all of those options rockin that id life can help our friend dustin at rockin that id is here to help you do life better and achieve your goals 
not someone else's. Get started today by visiting rockinthatidlife.com or emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com and start your betterment journey today. Such a smooth, soothing voice you have there in that commercial. Who, who, well, who, you know. who wouldn't want to, you know, contact Dustin at ID Life? With You're listening voice. to Let's Go Blues Radio. And now sit back and relax and hear the stylings of Kurt Price. <laughs> sit back and relax <laughs> and just take it. <laughs> you know, you know you want it. <laughs> you know you want it. Don't even try to stop it. Yeah, yeah the, the phrase, you know you want it on a date, probably gets you arrested nowadays. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Faux show. You can't, you can't even say that. Faux show. You say faux show. I watched, uh, we watched Superbad over the weekend. Oh, that's that, a good one. That line makes about 20 appearances in the movie. Mm-hmm. Faux show. I think because of that movie is why I say it a lot. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Craig Berube resigned. Resigned. Uh, with the Blues for three years. Uh, in parts of four seasons with the Blues, uh, 234 regular season games. The 56-year-old Berube has a record of 133, 71, and 30. He has a mark of 18 and 21 in the playoffs, winning the Cup in 2019. 18 and 21 in the playoffs is interesting because 16 of them came in one uh, run, and it's been two wins since. But earlier this season, he became just the eighth person in NHL history to play 1,000 games in the league and coach 200 wins so um why now guys with this uh the uh, contract extension extension uh and i i because it was really funny because we're before we get into it i at lunch i was listening to espn radio in st louis and they were trying to talk hockey and uh it trying to <laughs> being the key words right right <laughs> and they were talking and uh, jimmy rivers was on so they were actually you know talking he was talking some hockey they were listening but uh, it was funny because they were talking about uh they were probably you know wait until the end of the season to get something done <laughs> and it happens like half an hour later they, they signed him to three years but uh so were you expecting it to come soon were you expecting the off season did you have any expectations as far as when he was going to well, get con- we'll talk about the other things that have happened for the blues the next in a little bit but um i actually expected a fair amount of stuff to happen during this little layoff in games. I, uh, I, I wasn't sure about re-signing. I actually, I almost made the claim on this show and I'm glad I didn't, uh, that they were going to go out and get that rough, tough defenseman they need during this break, that it would give Armstrong enough time to, to get his ducks in a row, say, you know, okay, here's who I'm willing to move. So I thought something that the needle was going to move in some direction, um, I just wasn't a hundred percent sure what it would be. Um, but as far as what's come out the last, I guess it's the last two days now, uh, I'm very happy. Um, and we'll get to the, the, the players in a bit, but with Baruby, um, this is just the right move. Um, he's, he's had an unbelievable year this year. Of course, he's not in the Jack Adams, uh, conversation just because, um, well, the NHL only picks surprise teams to win the Jack Adams. Blues aren't really a surprise team at this point. Um, uh, but he should be, honestly. Uh, just been the, the adversity they faced early in the year and to still come out on top the way they did. And now you're trying to shuffle on the fly, getting your players back, and having the the season that they're having 
it's a testament to the coach. He's done a great job, and I think he's adapted his style too. That was kind of the question last year, right? That um, if the Blues got faster, if the Blues got bigger, would he be able to adapt his style to whatever the, the roster is? And I think we've seen him do that. The, the Blues have added some speed, and I think he's let them be a little more creative with the puck, and uh, we're seeing the, the benefits of it with wins in the, the W category. Yeah, I, I think it's important to note how, you know, the the importance in his, the, what to me seems like a change in his mindset of trusting youngsters, right? I thought he was starting to go the hitch way of, you know, I'm never going to trust a youngster and not going to put any faith in, in the guys that I need to put faith in, like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And Jordan Cairo, the amount of ice time Ruby's given him this year, I think that has been one of the major keys to success of this team. And, you know, I, to me that, that you know, Jeff talks about, you know, him making it, you know, adapting his game um, to the roster. He, that is a great example in my book. And I, I think it's been great. Um, and, you know, hopefully Kairou can continue to, uh, to reward all of the ice time that he's, he's been given and uh, put up a strong second half. It's interesting to me, too, that it wasn't that long ago when you heard a lot of rumblings on social media, when the Blues were going through one of the hiccups this season, right, when they were struggling, uh, about how this is no longer a Bruby team, whatever that means, right? How they're they're a fast team now, but they're not, they're not a big, burly, uh, smash mouth team anymore. They're they play with speed. They're 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 a high, they're a higher scoring team. They rely more on the offense than the defense. You know this isn't a Bruby team anymore. And and actually, one of the journalists, I think, uh, in a post game press conference, they asked him specifically about that. And he said that he looked at him. He was like, "That's I, that's not. I don't have to coach that way." <laughs> it's not, he, it was just kind of funny. He's like, "No, I, I'm perfectly fine playing with speed. That's how the team is built. We'll play with speed." Um, well, you know, but you know, every, every successful team has to be mindful, you know, of, in their own zone. So, I mean, it's, it, that's what it boils down to. And the, and the blues have maybe struggled with that a little bit, but, um, I, I was, uh, happy to see him get it. I'm, I'm not, uh, and it's interesting too, that, uh, when, when we talk about resigning players, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, with Bertuzzo and Torchenko and, uh, and, uh, Logan Brown, um, you know, the first thing you think of is how much, how much, right? And coaches, most coaches, their salaries aren't disclosed. There's like 22 or 23 coaches in the NHL that do not have their salaries disclosed. For some reason, there's like eight or something are odd. I'm not sure why that is. Who got a cap friendly? I feel like a lot of times it's it's the uh, the Joel Quinvilles, the Mike Babcocks, the big ones are the ones that get leaked. But not always, is, not but always, not always, though. Coaches, it's not. Not know. well, not. I mean, it's not just the big ones, though, because on Cap Friendly, you, you got a range of, you know, I think it's what five million to two million, and uh, mm. I can't imagine the coaches getting paid much less than two million, but maybe they are. Um. So, um, uh, to to me, I think other than uh, it, it not being a distraction, I mean, now is as good a time as any. I don't, I don't think there was any need necessarily to get it done I mean, whether it be a distraction of the team i don't think so i don't know i mean they won the cup with a with a coach you know, interim coach so i mean there's no that could have been a distraction it wasn't so whatever um 
I, I also, you know, would it have been better to wait till after the playoffs? Because is the are the last two playoff runs that were flops? You know, there were extenuating circumstances to both of those. Uh, last year being you know, COVID at the team, Peron wasn't uh, uh, able to play. They had a buzzsaw with Colorado, one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen out of a team in Colorado in that series. Uh, the year before that was the bubble. The team was really good going into the bubble, and they just flopped after that break. Um, so, I mean, but do you think, I mean, there's any, there was, there's a little, it's going to come back and say, what if we get bounced in the first round uh, again this year? Then all of a sudden, three first round exits for Brube, and now you just resign him for three more years. Is that something that's, uh, you know, going to be talked I'm, about? I'm imagining mm-hmm. that my, my, the way I look at it is probably how I'm thinking that Armstrong probably looks at it. Um, this is crazy to say, but this is his first full regular season behind the bench for the Bulls. That's true. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Um, Oh my, something's going on. Bill's wind chime fell over. Bill's bill is pissed. He is not a Ruby fan. He wanted Hitchcock back. (laughs) He has, he's got like a magnet structure with like 14 forks all balanced and they all just fell. (laughs) Um, no, I, I was very, uh, I, when I thought about that, when the signing happened, I thought that is crazy that he hasn't had a full 82 game season yet. And I think, you know, we saw the the year after the cup, they were the number one team. Was it in the West uh, yep. at the time yep. of the break? Yep. And they looked like barnstormers. It looked like a team that was destined to repeat. Then COVID happened. Um, last season was, I, I hate to, just throw a season out the window. But if you're going to throw a season out the window, it's last season. Um, Blues just there. It was kind of a transition year with a lot of the players coming and going, especially their captain uh, and then injuries and, you know, not having fans and uh, getting Colorado in the first round who ended the season strong. And I, I just, I hate to say it, but I just, I throw last season out the window I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. And, yes, if they get trounced in the first round, you are going to get the people saying, why the hell did you already give this guy an extension? Mm-hmm. But are you really going to fire him? At, or not fire him, but not sign him back if they lose in the first round again? Again, this is yeah, his I, first year as, as a head coach in eighty in, in a full 82-game season for the Blues. I don't think – I think you still want to bring him back for at least another year to see what he can do in a, in a second run. I think the only thing that would be an issue, uh, like uh, the only, the only, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that you've got to bring him back anyway. Uh, but I think the only sticking point may have been money, which we don't know what he he's making. So like if he, if we win, if, if they wait until the off season and we win the cup this year, he's, he's, he can command more money. If, if we get bounced in the first round, he's, basically got to sign for whatever they offer him, right? Because it's three first round exits in a row. Even though he won a cup in, in 19, three exits in a row, that's that's not good enough. That's the death sentence, the death sentence for a lot of coaches. Uh if you lose in the first round three years in a row when you have cup aspirations, uh that's bad. Um you, you can't do that. Um like I said, but we you know extenuating circumstances for this we we get it. Um Oh, uh, winning unlimited. 
uh, is in the chat. I thought the Montreal coach that was just fired was making $1.75 million. Uh, if he was, I don't think that was listed on Cap Friendly. I got my numbers from Cap Friendly, so maybe that was listed somewhere else. But uh, that's sounds possible. And he's, he spent it all on you know, fashion blazers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a thing up there, right? Uh, Bergevin does that too. He's got a he's got quite the ensemble. Did that? Did that yeah, now, yeah, now I can't imagine that he's not on Rodeo Drive every day. Rodeo Drive in in LA. LA. Uh, uh, as far as the last couple of uh, playoff runs go, uh, I think Jr. Uh, friend of the show, Jeremy Rutherford, said it perfectly in his athletic article today. Uh, here's a little snippet. And he said, it shouldn't be overlooked, but I think there were extenuating circumstances. The Blues were one of the best teams in the league in 2020 uh, when the pandemic started, but for whatever reason, did not play well in the Edmonton bubble. In 21, they were simply overmatched by Colorado and were also playing without leading scorer David Perron. Uh, this postseason should be a better barometer. And uh, I agree. This postseason, like you said, Jeff, the first full season as a head coach, uh, going into the playoffs, uh, hopefully, you know, COVID free with fewer issues, um, more normalcy, hopefully. Uh, and like, it, it, this is, this is kind of a big deal. It's not a make or break by any means. He just got resigned, but, um, it's, I think as far as fan patients go, um, God, if we get bounced again in the first round, it's, I mean, that, that, that people are going to forget all about the cup in 19, which is only a few years ago. They're, they're going to forget about it. And it's going to be like, fuck this, fuck that, you know, blow up the team. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, uh, and I'll add too with, um, uh, Baruby. I remember what I was going to say. I've, I've had that happen before. It literally, it just literally escaped my mind as I was talking. Hmm. What I said, what I said was so interesting. That you just completely, you, <laughs> completely just it really was. You, you were going to say that you were ultra shocked by this move because it really means that the Blues really, really have to screw the pooch or there has to be some, you know, uh, some political drama around Barubi for everybody's dream of Ken Hitchcock coaching the Blues again to be realized. <laughs> I think that's you know, what you were about to remember. So I, don't, I don't want I don't want to have you forget again. There it is again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um no, <laughs> no, I was gonna say uh so yeah, what JR said with um uh you know the bubble, it, you know, Bennington even said it after the bubble for those that might remember, it just did not feel the same for them. You know, yes, they were not a good home team when they won the cup. That they're the worst home team ever actually to win the Stanley cup, but still, you know, you want to have fans in the stand Don't care. they're booing you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, who cares? They won. Yeah. But no, whether they're booing you, cheering you who cares, you like to have fans in the stands. You like that interaction. Um, so, and I think, I think a lot of, a lot of teams look at the bubble and throw it out. Even Edmonton, you know, is as bad as they've been with playoff contention, getting beat by the Blackhawks in that three game series. I think even they look, look at that and say, well, this was different circumstances. So I throw that out too. And then I also say with last season, going into this season, this is a better team. You've got another year of Jordan Cairo, who's having a breakout year. Um, Pavel Buchnevich has been a revelation, been great for the Blues. 
Uh, Brandon Saad, uh, he's given a different look to the top six. Um, and then, you know, mentioning David Perron being out for the playoffs last year, you hope to have him back this year. I think you've got a better roster as long as the guys stay healthy. Plus, you've got a backup in in Billy Huso who could step in as your number one if you need it. I think that this is the year that that really says, okay, what can Barubi do after their cup win? If he screws the pooch here and they lose four straight, I could see the ire of the fans. But if it's a hard-fought first-round series and they still lose, as long as the Blues played well and they show some promise, it's not going to bother me too much. But, yeah, you just have to hope they don't go four and out again. Uh, right, just don't match up against Colorado, right? That that's got to be our worst case scenario. Um, you know, match up against Nashville. Um, you know, I, I, oh yeah, I'd love I said that. I I said that before. I would love that series, and and um, as much of a heater as uh, UC Soros has been on uh, lately, uh, going into the uh, uh, the All Star break. I'm not convinced that uh, he's a better goalie than than Jordan Bennington or Billy Huso when they're on their games. And she's just, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's it's the Yarrow Halak argument, which I know I was a Yarrow Halak defender. He's just too small for the modern NHL. And that uh, the um, pronger banner raising game, he got beat on you know, shots to the corner that he just got sniped because the puck got moved mm-hmm. too quick. So I'd mm-hmm. love to see that. So I think Barubi's Barubi, if he can coach the team to a point of not having a Colorado matchup in the first round, all the better. You want Colorado in the second round. That's where they seem to crumble. Yeah, they, they, they can't get out of the yep. second round. Yeah, they can't get out of the second round. Even if they get in the third round, I think the Blues still have a good chance. But, yeah, I agree. First round, Colorado's raring to go. Um, you know, you got to wear down. Let let McKinnon get worn down a bit. And, uh, you know, McCarr get, get pushed around in the first round. Face them in the second round. It seems to be like that's where that's where the sweet spot is for Colorado. Um. Uh, speaking of coaches' salaries earlier, um, do you know which coast which coach makes the most money? Currently, right currently, that, that that's disclosed. That's currently, that's that's disclosed. Does that um, include so, coaches that are still getting paid that were let go? Uh, no. Uh, okay. I'm talking current head coaches. Current head coaches. That's interesting because the two highest paid guys are gone. Babcock and Quinville. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, Brian Sutter? <clears throat> Brian no, Sutter. Not Brian. Brent. Brent. Not Sorry. Brian. Brent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Daryl. 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 It's not Darryl. an idiot. Right. Daryl Sutter. You had seven chances. You'd get yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Pete DeBoer. Uh, no. Um, um, the guy in Vancouver, uh, Egghead, nope. what's no. his name? Nope. Bruce Boudreaux. No. Boudreaux, no. Uh, Todd McClellan makes $5 million per in L.A. Mm, that's interesting. In L.A.? In L.A. L.A. Now, who makes the least? Mm, uh, that's, you know, disclosed. 
Which is hard because it could be in the middle of somewhere, you know. Which Cassidy? Right. Uh, Bill, you got a guess? Um, who's Arizona's coach this year? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maverick will be, but it's not disclosed. Mm. I do not know. Bruce Boudreaux. Mm. Two, oh. two million. Now again, he's, these, he's still living off the slap shot royalties. <laughs> this, right. this is just what's disclosed. Um, coaches could be making less. Like uh, Winning Limited said, uh, he thought uh, Montreal's coach was making one point seven five. So, um, and uh, which coach has had the highest salary in NHL history? You guys know this, right? Babcock. Uh, it was Bab- Babcock. Babcock. And the total dollar value of that contract? Ooh. It's I, almost I it like it's almost double the next highest contract ever for a coach. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it almost twice like, as much. Right, it was nine per. Right, no yeah, six point six point two five per. Was it for mm, eight years? Jeez. So it's fifty million dollars. They're still paying it. They're going to pay it next year too. Next year's the last year. <laughs> so Babcock's rolling in it. It's not like they can't afford it. No, I know, but it's just kind of funny. Right. Um, they're just throwing money at everybody. Um, Shanahan, so, uh, he was he was fired in, in nineteen, um, and so he, he was hired in fifteen. So he played about half his contract, and then Shanahan helped bring him in. I'm surprised Shanahan survived that. Uh, that's a big that's a big swing and a miss. Fifty million dollar contract. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, while we're on, are, are we done talking about Baru, uh, Baruby? Sure. All right. So I'm going to throw this in now. So my brother threw a piece of trivia, trivia at me this week. I guess he saw it in some article and thought, I wonder if Jeff knows this. So I, when he told me and I, I actually guessed wrong, um, I thought, you know, I'm going to bring this up on let's go blues radio and see if Bill and Kurt know what is the lowest number Never worn by any St. Louis blue. Are we not counting zero? No, can't count zero. Is zero a number? It's the absence I of a number. I, it's right. the absence yeah. of a number. <laughs> it's it's the black argument. Uh, yeah, right. Um, black white. Um, let's see. So oh. I literally went through like it's up every there. player I could in my head, and he was surprised how high I got. But I, I was just a couple off, and I sixty three. It no, nope, uh, that was worn. Sixty three was Justin Papineau. <sighs> Justin Papineau and Jake Neighbors. Oh yes, well shit. Okay. Um, I don't think it goes that high. I don't think it goes that okay. high. I'm gonna say fifty four. Oh, oh, fifty one. Hell, fifty one. So close. Fifty four. Mike Glumack. How could you forget about him? Uh, Thomas Moyes and Dakota Joshua. 53? Oh, fuck. How did I get that sounds wrong? like it. 53? 51. You said 51, right, Kurt? Yeah, yeah. Derek just, Pouliot. I'm throwing out numbers. Yeah. 51's Fi- Derek Pouliot. 53? 53 is nope. Colin Hemingway, Jonas Yunland, and Austin Pagansky. Yeah, okay. I was going to say Pagansky when he was still here. Hmm. What is it? Guys, 59? You have danced around it. It is 52. 52. Uh, yep. So uh. I my guess my guess was 45. 
Um, and I was like fairly confident. Yeah, I got, I mean, that's one of those where it was literally like one game each. Cody Rudkowski and Chris Beckford Sue. Uh, both yep. wore 45. Yep. And I'm yeah, like, I damn, man. It was that one year where we had like 18,000 goalies play for us. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> I could have told you it was the hyphenator. Yeah. So 52 is uh, is the number. 52. I'm a little surprised because, you know, with the with the 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 block number letters of five is kind of a reverse two. You think that because almost right. like a mirror kind of a thing, it'd be a thing for players maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, My brother said he guessed 58 before he looked. And I go, no, Dan Highnote. And he goes, how the hell did you know that? And I'm like, I don't know. I yes. remember him literally saying he wanted to wear 13, but it was taken. Uh, Bill Guerin, I believe. Yeah, Bill uh, so he took the two numbers that added up to 13 that were the ugliest together. That was what he said. Five and eight. Chris Bray said in the YouTube chat he was thinking 46. So 46 would have yeah. been Derek Picard, Christian Laflamme, Roman Polak, and currently Mr. Jake Wallman. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I I had to respond to him. He just opened the pole door. <laughs> never, never <laughs> open that door. <laughs> um, the NHL All Star Weekend happened last weekend. Uh, Jordan Cairo kind of kicked ass. He uh, won the fastest skating competition, thirteen point five five seconds. He beat out uh, defending champ and f- uh, all time record holder, right? Uh, Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin. Uh, and also mm-hmm. beat out Kale McCarr uh, and odds on favorite to win Connor McDavid, uh, among others. So uh, Kyrie was very good, uh, and he had fun this weekend. Um, shouldn't have been anything I new thought, to Blues fans. I, mean, I thought it was seen funny it. because literally they're going in, and, and Chris Kerber, I heard him say this on the radio, uh, I don't remember what show it was. It might have been on one one one. I don't remember. But he said uh, uh, that he was watching the coverage and hearing them talk about, like, watch out for Makar, watch out for McDavid. And and he's sitting there going, these guys really don't know about Cairo, do they? Well, they're about to find out. Yeah. And I think that's what all of St. Louis was thinking. Like, listen, we, we're not just being fair-weathered fans here in right. saying, you know, this this kid's great because we see him all the time. He is that fast, and nobody's talking about it. What was it? Chelios that actually said he's the dark horse. Someone said he's the I dark think it horse. Was. Might have been Chelios. So good on him for for uh, at least bringing him up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Going going into the whole thing, like you know, Kairos just not even mentioned. Chelios gives the gives the dark horse nod, but coming out of the weekend, I mean, I saw a quote attributed to Victor Hedman that said, "Kairu's already a superstar." Yeah, and yeah. that that to me was like, that's the highest praise you can get. The best defenseman in the NHL saying you're a superstar, but also scares me that if we get to the, you know, if we somehow get to the Cup final against Tampa, who seems you know, just to be eventual there, um, unless uh, uh, Vasilevsky gets injured, um, that they'll already have a plan to shut him down. Oh, well, dude, Montreal is going to go on a tear in the second half here, <laughs> so they're going to be the Stanley Cup Under, final. New head Under coach. Martin Saint-Louis. Uh, head Br- coach slash new right wing, Martin Saint-Louis. <laughs> yeah, right. Chris Brett, he looks old. I saw a picture of him. Uh, it, it, yeah. He's really old. Uh, yeah. Chris Bray in the YouTube chat says, uh, what was up with the outside glowing 
puck uh, shooting exhibition on the water during the skills. Uh, I assume so you could see the puck outside. It was dark, but I, I don't know why. I don't know why they had to they had to slam the puck to turn it on. Why not just have it on the whole time? Why? I mean, because yeah. that that cost players some time. Either right? a couple times it didn't turn on right away. It's just one more thing to go wrong. Just have the thing on the whole time. That was weird to me. Yeah, I, I liked I liked that's, that. If that's what you have to do, just smash them, smash them all right before the cameras roll. Yeah, that's that's weird. Or have the guy before the guy that hands you the puck smash him, turn them on. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I liked that 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 competition, the fountain one. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it it was, my, it was cool. My my guess is that they found a box of the fox pucks, and that's, <laughs> that's what they were. My my you hit issue really with- hard. The found thing was kind of cool, but my only issue was, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, if you're going to do these outdoor things and you're not going to have a crowd making the back noise and you're just going to have one announcer kind of calling the whole thing, you need to get some personality out there. And there was just the players chosen, no offense to them. They're good Canadian boys for the most part. No personality. You, you have got to get guys like Ovi out there. You know, I think of like Ryan Reeves even like a Tom Wilson guys who will just go out there, crack jokes, make fun well, of each other and just push each other. Like that's the kind of stuff I want to see. And it, it was just boring in that sense, but it was, it was a cool competition. The, the announcer who was, you know, uh, basically roasting players uh, like deadpan roasting. Uh, I thought was hilarious. I, 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 I loved it because I thought it was, just different than the regular old broadcasters kissing the players' asses, you know, how great they are running off stats, whatever, you know, they, and they would just make fun of the players. It was just, they missed a shot. They'd rip on them for it. Um, and they, the players had the earpieces so they could hear the broadcast. And so you'd see them laughing and stuff. So I thought, I thought, I agree with you, Jeff, the players were kind of back uh, as far as personality goes, but I thought, the only personality in that whole competition was the broadcaster. And I thought that helped a little bit. And that's the kind of role that you thought that a guy like Jeremy Roenick was going to be able to do that. Right. Like that's exactly what we wanted from him when we heard he was retiring and going in broadcasting. It was, Oh, he's going to do this. He's going to rip on the players. He's going to, you know, be the he fun loving uh, guy that, and he just, yeah, he became a fanboy. He just, I don't think, I don't just think like he's, a Pierre Maguire. I don't think he's clever, or uh, I don't think he has the comedic value to pull that off. Uh, I think he's, he, I he can be, but I don't think he's like he's not, that's not his. That's not his thing. You know. Well, I think we can all agree that he just went the wrong direction with the whole sexual harassment thing. But right. You know, um, yeah, the, don't don't broadcast could, on a podcast. Right. He would have he was probably the the broadcaster with the the most potential to to do that and i think tnt's got another one in bisnet right and right now they've got him relegated to just being part of the panel with with uh, gretzky and Sin carter and, and rick Tockett, funny. which it's yeah. it's it's good but you know that's the kind of event i would love to see him there mm. ribbing those guys and, yes you know and that's yeah. the kind of personality I want from the players too, right? Yeah, I, I th- yeah. Well, I mean, I, I that'd be great, but 
that's probably wishful thinking because you're mm-hmm. you're kind of you get what you get. Right. You get like my kids will say, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit <laughs> with the players. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It looks like it looks like there were a lot of inside jokes going on. Pavelski, right? Mm-hmm. You know the the old man winning the whole thing and right. you know talking trash the whole time, but they don't put the mics on for it. Yep, that did. Yeah. Well, which which competition did you guys uh, stand out as, as being good? Would you like? I mean, I always like the the basics, the 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 hardest shot, the accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, and- missed that. I loved the team relay thing they used to do just a couple years ago, where it was you know the going around skills. the soda bottles, yeah, and then like yeah. uh, the elevated passes, yeah, and they just don't yeah. do that at all. And I'm like, yeah. well, that was the most fun thing to watch. But in terms of what was there, you know, I'm going to go with the hardest shot, the fastest skater and the accuracy. So the classics. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I missed a lot of the skills comp. I, I caught the, you know, the, uh, the, the fountain shooting the, you know, the, the blackjack game. And I turned it on at the end to catch the, Hardest shot because that's always the closer, and this year it was closed with uh, accuracy shooting, and man, that 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 gets painful. Um, I'd much rather see the hardest shot close it out every year. And, the, well, and uh, the accuracy, I hate that it's timed now. Go back to right. you know, three for four, four for five. You know, that's the that well, was more exciting right. to me. Well, if you if you it's, have. But you, but you have two players that get both hit all four targets, and you whoever does it faster, right? That's the, that's the winner. Right. Tiebreak. Well, yeah, right. do both. Right, but it but what wound up happening this year, at least, is players started gripping so much harder after that first miss, and trying to concentrate to get it, and that's fine. That's great. Don't make that the last comp, right? Put the hardest shot. Put put your closer in every time. And that's I was I was disappointed uh, to to have not caught the uh, the hardest shooting, and I didn't go back to watch it. I know it was uh, it was available on demand, and hmm. you know I, I could go well, watch I mean, it on YouTube right problems, now if I want. But I didn't. one of my problems with it too is if you're going to bring in Trevor Segrist to do the the breakaway challenge, why not bring in Zdeno Chara to do the hardest shot? Why not bring in? Um, I don't know who wasn't there, but somebody who's really good in the NHL at doing the uh, the accuracy. You know, like if you're gonna do it for Zegers, I-, I think you do it for every competition. That way, you have the best of the best out there. Ha- have each team have their own skills competition of the classics: hardest shot, fastest skater, you know, accuracy, right? And then have each team send well, not each team, but have each team and submit their results or whatever. And then the top, I don't know, top 10, top six, go to the All-Star game for the classic competition. So you're actually probably getting the six hardest shots, the six mm-hmm. fastest skaters. And, well, the accuracy is kind of hit or miss, but still, literally. Um, but nah. yeah, but uh, but I think that would be kind of cool. Because then you could, if you could have it, you could do it like you have an event. Like, like the Blues did it in the outdoor event here. They had a skills competition. Um, right. The they, there event. was there was a couple of years where they did the team had a skills comp so that they could sell tickets, right? Sell extra tickets locally. And then whoever won that 
you know, yeah. not whoever won that, but the you know the top six or whatever across the league went to the skills cup. I would love to see that. Yeah, not yeah, just the guys great. that get invited. Yeah, I, I, I or not for every event necessarily, but you know for the for the classics maybe just do that a few for a few events. Um, uh, so I, breakaway challenge. I thought that was just I I've never liked it. Don't like the revamp of it. The best part was John Hamm. He was the only one that was kind of making me laugh. You know, don't get me wrong. Some of the things they did was kind of cool, kind of, you know, all right. But uh, I don't know. It, the I, Petrangelo thing was just stupid. The, Petr- the Petrangelo uh, was dumb. The Jack Hughes thing took way too long. Yeah. Um. Just I, not a fan of it. it That's I, such a silly competition. I And the best one didn't win either. Zegers was the best mm-hmm. one. I thought, um, but I liked it better than I thought I was going to. And I hated the way the breakaway challenge, I, I hated what it morphed into. And that's you know, and why they it's, removed it. The, I liked it better NHL, than I thought. Yeah. The NHL needs to convince itself that it can't have a dunk competition because it can't. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I'd much rather them just have, you know, uh, creative, not even creative breakaway moves, just have the old, competition or did they did didn't they they break away where the goalie gets points the shooter gets the points breakaway relay yeah the breakaway relay yeah that yeah they did that's that. that's so, all you need yeah that i i like that a lot extend that maybe maybe go uh, do more with that i don't know um i i'd have liked the blackjack competition more if they had set it up differently i thought it was set up to be cool but everybody got 21 and i'm like well that's lame and and so i, I the target should have been smaller or in, yes. in the fewest different amount of cards sizes. or something. Because the I, I hate to say it for the different card values. Yeah. Yes. I, I hate to say it, yes. guys. I really I was that was one competition that I was watching that I was like, anyone who's played hockey for longer than four years could do this. Like it yes. the targets were so big yeah. that it was just like I could go out there with those guys and be able to do this. And I don't say that and mean it ever. Like I really felt like I could step out there with Joe Pavelski and, and easily hit 21. And there were that two. That was not that difficult. There were two other, the, the, there were two shooters, what, two, right? They didn't get to go because there were no more aces or kings on the board or whatever, no face yeah, cards. They were just knocked out because they, they were knocked out. out. They couldn't, you couldn't hit the same card again. So I was like, that was lame. It was dumb. Uh, I thought it could have been cool. It could have been fun, but they, they messed it up. They didn't, they didn't have the cards move. Maybe you have them rotate. Yeah. Move, yeah, you make know, it difficult. Something half the size, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I thought uh <laughs> I thought the John Ham thing was pretty funny. Um and, and how I that... swear, man, I know he said with the brinket it was because seven is the score of a touchdown. I am convinced he did not give him a a good score because he's a blackhawk. I didn't I didn't like what Debrinket did as much anyway, either. So I mean People, what did he do? I forgot. But I remember at the time when they got uh, the hangover. The hangover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't care. I, I was like, eh. I, I mean, I thought everyone gave it tens. I'm like, what? And hanging in a seven. Like, okay, seven's fair. <laughs> I thought. Um, well, and 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 he's a Blackhawk, right? So, right. Yeah. Definitely get a pay him, which is beautiful. I swear, I that's that. exactly. And then he said he was going to give a high score to Petrangelo, no matter what. Which you're gonna give him a 19 and a 19, which that was kind of I I kind of I I was like well what's gonna give him a 10, uh but I it was uh it was actually pretty funny that he uh the 19 I was like oh that's creative I, I like that, um but 
the Kaprizov imitating Ovechkin, I thought, okay, that's not that creative. But what bugged me about the whole thing was that after he scored, he lays the stick on the ice and does the whole warming the hands over the hot stick thing that Ovechkin actually did in a game, right? Uh, right. No one, no one mentioned that. That that oh, he's he's doing Ovechkin's uh, warming the hands over the hot stick. His stick's on fire. Not none of the broadcasters apparently caught it or knew about it or. I'm like that's it was never mentioned that he actually that described when they were to, talking about to it. To me, the thing that was really impressive about that was he went topsy turvy. He switched yeah. his handedness. Yeah, yeah, and he was able to still. I mean, it wasn't like a superb move, but it was you know the fact that he was able to do anything with his opposite hand. Have you guys? Because you're both right shots, right? Have you ever yeah. tried to do anything left handed uh, when you're playing batted, like baseball, not hockey? No. Well, I'm yeah. saying. Pick up a hockey stick, try to shoot the puck. Yeah, no, it's I, difficult. Be, because because you know I'm a you know I won't say natural, but a goalie who has to shoot left as as a goalie. Um, I uh, yeah I I can, but it's like at best seventy percent of what I can do. Oh with yeah, the right. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, when I was a kid, I would train myself in wiffle ball to be ambidextrous. Yeah, I could do that pretty well. That was fun. But hockey, different story. Yeah, yeah. left handed lefty batting lefty wiffle ball was was always fun. Um, the uh, and in the All Star game itself, the Central beat the Atlantic uh, eight to five in the first round. Kyra had two goals, two assists, and led the Central in points in this game. Uh, the Central then played the Metropolitan Division. And lost in the final five to three. Kyrie had a, one assist in this game, giving him two goals, three assists in the two games, and led the entire tournament in scoring with five points. Um, how that wasn't uh, talked about a little bit more, I don't know. I mean, he didn't. Yeah, I don't. I I, I guess because it's Kyrie, right? He's not. He's not. He's not uh, a Billboard yeah. superstar yet. So I, and I don't think it I matters. Was... They're only going to look at the team that wins. No, I I get it, but uh, I don't think it was mentioned once that uh, he actually had the most points in the in the tournament. So. No, I I thought I I was surprised by how much his name kept getting mentioned. He was in mm. all of the all of the replay packages. Um, they had uh, was it was it Kenny Albert was was he the the broadcaster for this? Yes, whoever the broadcaster. So. It was it was his comments about you know. Uh, I think about, he owns the broadcasting you know, rights to this All Star game. He always right. does them. I I think so, but it Cairo was always like his comment on Cairo was always there, and I was surprised that they kept rehashing that. I'm like, that that's great. I, I I didn't expect it, but you know, I when it came down to the you know what what I was paying more attention to was coming down to you know who is going to get the votes for the MVP, and you know it's not going to be from the losing team. So oh, not right. surprised no, Giroux I, won yeah. it. No, I'm not, and I'm not saying that Kyrie should have won the MVP, but uh, yeah, I I. I I I just didn't hear it discussed. Not not that I and that's a big deal. I just you know you, you're you're you, the Blues have one guy in the tournament and he does something very. He had a great All Star weekend and he was mentioned a lot. I get that, but uh, I was trying to count his points up to see you know if the Central could come back and win and if he was leading scorer would he get MVP? That'd be kind of cool. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, Chris Bray in the YouTube chat said, and we'll talk about this in a minute, are you guys going to watch the USA hockey versus China tomorrow morning or not interested with no NHL? 7-10, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I've been watching Olympics. I was just telling the guys before this that uh, I watched Denmark, Czech Republic uh, today, the replay. And I thought that was – if you haven't watched that game, if you've got Peacock, pull up the replay, the, the men's tournament – that was an excellent game. Denmark ended up um, surprising and, and winning in their, their first their, – this is their Olympic debut. Um, it, it's still exciting to watch. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I'll be watching. Um, I'm going to watch the whole game, and, and I'll be watching probably all of USA Canada, both women's and men's. Um, yeah, it's, it's been great. And like I said, for me, right over my shoulder here, I've got a TV, got the Coyotes and Kraken on right now. Um, that's been on all day while I'm working now and it's, it's all Olympics. So yeah, I've been, I've been watching Olympics as much as I can. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, a little more, uh, after we, uh, hear from center ice. We'll also talk about, uh, the Bertuzzo extension, Logan Brown, Tropchenko, uh, and, uh, some more Olympic talk. This is a word from my center ice brewery. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> uh, Bill is uh, indisposed at the moment, so uh, Mike Milbury is sitting in for Bill. Um, Thanks for joining us, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, uh, uh, Bill and uh, Mike Milbury were uh, were well, you know, uh, kind of look similar, a little mm -hmm. bit doppelganger ish. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Um, so uh, Robert Bertuzzo, Logan Brown, and Alexei Torpchenko signed extensions for the Blues. Uh, Torpchenko, twenty-two years old, signed by Blues in the fourth round. Number 113 overall in 2017 draft. Uh, signed a one-year, two-way contract. He'll make 750K uh, when he's playing in the NHL and 100,000 in the AHL. Uh, I assume most of his time will be in the AHL. Uh, has played in uh, five games so far this season for the Blues. Uh, you know, in the little time he's played, I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, and I think you, this is to quote, I think what you said, Jeff, at the time, you know, uh, he looks like, he belongs in the NHL. Well, he did. He did for you know a couple of games anyway. Uh, yeah. Looked like he belonged. So, uh, well, uh, hopefully he con continues to progress. And I'm very curious to see how he's going to uh, pan out over the next couple of years. Yeah, I feel like he is on the path of of maybe like a Nathan Walker type player, a guy who you know you could rely on to be a, a real good AHL player. Don't know anything about his leadership skills. You got to hope maybe that's there, and and maybe he's you know a future alternate at least for the the Thunderbirds. But uh, you know he's he's been the the five games we saw him up here. I saw him in preseason a couple games, um, and we've seen him in training camp for a couple years now. And uh, I think he's looked 
great. Um, you he know, not gonna today, tonight, today in their game. Yeah. Tonight, I guess. Yep. Yeah, so he's you know, he's not he's not I don't think he's gonna be, you know, you're never gonna see him maybe even in the top nine in the NHL. Um, but I could see him being a one of those guys that, you know, if the blues are kind of strapped for cash and you know, they say, Okay, let's bring up one of our young guys. Torbchenko, I think, could fill in on your fourth line, no problem, even now and, and maybe well into the future. Um, he's got good hands, good speed, um, nose for the net. Uh, just, you know, maybe he puts it all together and maybe he is a top nine guy in the NHL. But I think he's a he's a great, a, a good example to me would be like a Nathan Walker, a guy that you can call up to play in a top nine role if you need it and will deliver. You know, maybe not going to put up 10 points in 10 games, but you know, he's, he's going to be able to step in when you need him and, uh, and play some solid minutes for you. Uh, Logan Brown, uh, 23 years old, one year, he signed a one year, one way contract. So he gets paid 750 K regardless where he plays, uh, originally drafted 11th overall by Ottawa in 2016. Brown was acquired by the blues in a trade on September 25th, my mom's birthday, uh, 2021 for Zach Sanford. Never forget. Uh, Brown has appeared in 17 games with the Blues this season, posting six points, three goals, three assists, and four penalty minutes. So, uh, yeah, he'll be uh, another a blue a Blues property uh, unless they trade him for at least one more year. So it's a one-way contract, one uh, way. which is important to note because yep. uh, he's pretty much expected to be up here. And and I think, uh, I mean, as far as what we've seen with this roster and with how much money he's making especially, I think he's sticking around. Uh, well, in the next year too, and and they'll see what he can do after that. But um, I've been impressed by him, right, Kurt? You too. I, th- I think he's yeah. played. I, he's played yeah. great. I, I think it's he, he's been a case where um, uh, early on, especially, uh, he's very noticeable, always around the net, um, created mm-hmm. chances, uh, had chances himself. Um, uh, and there, but then there were games uh, uh later on where he disappeared for a while. Um, so. Hopefully, uh, consistency uh, is a thing that uh, he can improve on to be more uh, like kind of like Kairu. Kairu had a great start last year. Uh, not comparing him to Kairu, just uh, Kairu had a great start and then kind of fizzled uh, a little bit as the season went on, uh, which is to be expected. Newer players, right? You know, uh, other teams adapt, uh, or you get uh, uh, in a rut, whatever. But I, 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 you know, I, I and again, acquiring, getting Logan Brown. In exchange for Zach Sanford, a guy that a lot, most fans and most of us anyway wanted him gone for nothing. We'll wave, wave the guy, get rid of him, you know. And to get a former 11th overall pick, uh, a guy that has some skill, you know, maybe it develops, maybe it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's a win-win opportunity. So yeah, I I, I love this deal. Um, you know, give him another year to prove what he can do at the NHL level. Um, Getting him out of Ottawa was huge. You know, I think, I think um, he was, I don't think he's the type of guy, at least early on in his career, <clears throat> that you can say, okay, we need you to go out there and score us the big goal. You know, we, we need you to go out and lead this offense. I think right now in his career, he is an excellent complimentary piece. And, you know, maybe every now and then you say, okay, Logan, we're going to bump you up to the second line center because, you know, maybe Shen's, got some repairs maybe he's got covid whatever it is logan you're going to step into the second line center and you know he's not going to miss a beat he's still going to look fine he's going to look comfortable 
Um, but he's just not, I, I don't know. I, to me, the way he was, where he was drafted and the way Ottawa was trying to use him, I just don't think he's that guy. So, uh, I hope he continues to progress here and, and it'll be fun to see what happens um, coming into next year with his contract and, and well, those, where they'll start him. But I'm, I'm willing to put money on. He will be a St. Louis blue uh, at least till the end of next season. Chris Bray asked how Zach Sanford was doing. And well, he, he is doing Zach Sanford things. Um he went goalless in uh, Ottawa for the first 11 games. Then he had three, and then in five goals in five games or six games. Yeah, five goals in five games. And then went goalless again for about 15 games. <laughs> and then had uh, a couple goals in four games and has not had a goal in those eight games. So he's extremely streaky. He's got seven goals this season, 13 points. Uh, that's what he does. He had a hat trick in one game, too. So almost half his goals came in one game against uh Colorado actually. So he's he's doing Zach Sanford things. Um uh, where are we here? Uh the okay, Bertuzzo. So uh this this is the one that got uh, this was kind of big news today. Not it's interesting. Probably the most one of the more the bigger talked about uh third pairing defenseman signings less than a million dollars uh probably got more uh discussion on social media than most do i guess um 32 years old so it's a two-year deal for a 32 year old bertuzzo 950,000 per uh that's uh 425,000 less than he's making right now per season uh he was originally acquired by the blues via trade from the penguins on march 2nd 2015 uh six foot four, four. four. who was that for Le Perrier. No. Was Ian it not? Cole. Ian Cole. Ian Cole. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Who was yeah. what was who was the previous trade with with Penguins? So we sent Le Perrier. You were thinking Lapierre, right? Um, Lapierre. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Marcel Gotch. Lapierre. Was Marcel Gotch, right? Was that what it was? Was that really? Oh man, that's a name. That's a blast wow. in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, <clears throat> six foot four, 216 pound defenseman, spent the past eight seasons with the Blues. He currently ranks 17th amongst defensemen in the Blues history with a uh, with 341 regular season games played. At the end of his contract, if he plays it out here and plays 50 ish or so uh, more games per season each season, he'll have been here 10 seasons and he'll be in the top eight to 10 or so of all time games played by a defenseman for the Blues. Robert Bertuzzo. Uh, you guys like this deal? I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, all about it. If you can get a veteran who can still play excellent penalty kill minutes and clearly has no problem just sitting games when the, the lineup's healthy and it's, hey, Robert, you know, you're kind of our sixth, seventh guy. We're going to sit you for Mikola or whoever. Clearly, he has no problem with that. Seems like a great locker room guy. He beat the shit out of Zach Sanford, which we all love. <laughs> um, I, I love this. Which deal. some and, would and argue I, should have led to a raise, but not with Army. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Um, no, I, I think this is a, just a, a another. I don't want to say genius move by by Armstrong, but 
a great signing. Um, 32, so at the end of this deal, he'll be 34. Um, and again, you know, he's not a guy that you're ever going to slot in your top four. You know what he is. You know what you're going to get out of him. Not the fleetest of foot. He's not, you know, going to, you know, you're not going to be like, whoa, this guy scored eight goals this year. That's just not going to happen. We know what we're getting out of him. And to get him for basically under a million a year, a veteran guy, so you can plot any. I mean, they've been playing, they were playing Perunovic with him, letting him, you know, get a feel for the NHL with a veteran guy. I love it. I think this is an excellent signing. I know some people were were against it, saying, oh, they're not going to have any money next year. You can sign a sixth defenseman who is a veteran and can play big penalty kill minutes for 950K. I think any GM in the league takes that. So I'm I'm all for this deal. Plus he's got, I mean, plus he brings an element to the defense that uh, we say we need more of. I, uh, he's he's a he's a he's a tough defenseman. He'll play physical. Um, crosses the line sometimes. Takes some bad penalties. Whatever. But he'll he if if we don't resign him, then we're losing even more of what we say we need on defense. Right. So, not, and not that he's some kind of stellar top four guy. He's he's not. He's going to be a, a a bottom pairing guy, uh, and that sits occasionally. Um, for situational purposes. So uh, I, I, I'm i fine with this deal. Um, I like it. Uh, always appreciated his hustle and his passion. Um, he brings it every night. He said before that he's never taken for granted that his, he has a solid spot on a roster in the NHL. He's always been a third-pairing guy usually. So uh, he, he those guys, you know, they don't take stuff for granted. So he's always, I mean, even when the Blues, you know, maybe don't bring it uh, on, on a given night, uh, I don't think you can probably say that about his game. He's out there busting his ass. Um, now, whether or not he's effective is a different story sometimes, but he, he's he's out there busting his ass. And and like you said, Jeff, on the penalty kill, he's a he's an asset on the penalty kill. That's a and and special teams with being so how important they are. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a good play. He's a he's a solid situational guy uh, that we can plug in and play in certain situations, especially. Um, I don't think age is an issue with him. You know, he's 32. Uh, some people didn't like that. He's 32 and the sign of two years. <laughs> 32 is not they, old. <laughs> I'm they sorry. signed him for two years. It wasn't like, you know, a seven-year extension, you know, right. for a guy that, you know, he doesn't play a full 82 games. You don't expect right. him full play a full 82 games so even if it's three years okay you know at, the, at that point maybe he's looking to transition into coaching with the team right uh two <laughs> years is perfectly fine add, add to you know what we've mentioned his situational usage and stuff that it's a that uh, can be effective um he's a well-liked guy i mean the the team likes him a uh, good locker room guy they say you know that's yeah people like to make fun of that a little bit but uh there i mean there's there's sometimes something to that. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes a guy can be an asshole. Who cares? He's a good player. Whatever you put up with it. Other times, you know, I mean, nobody wants to play in a locker room full of assholes, I'm sure. So, I mean, if it's a good locker room guy, it's fine. Whatever. It's a bonus. Um, he'll And, and again, he'll be 34. He'll be well, 30. He'll turn 33. He'll be 33 when the contract starts next season. Be 35 when it's over. 
So it's not like he's 36 right now or, or going to be 39 when it's over. It's just, you know, 32 right now is not old. 33 is not old. You know, 35, he may retire. Whatever. That's, that's, I'm perfectly fine with well, that. And, and let's face it, this conversation's different if he's a 20 to 25 minute guy. He's not. He's a guy that you're plugging in again. He's right. a penalty kill, I guess, specialist at this point in his career. And he's a third pairing guy. So talking about age, yeah, you know, you, you, obviously you want to take age into account with, with any signing. But with a guy like him, you know, it's not like he's going to just one day he's just going to hit a wall and it's up, shouldn't have signed that contract. He's gotten too old. He can't keep up with the league because he's still – playing at a level that is fine for a third pairing defenseman. I, you know, I don't see the blues at the end of this contract, you know, where it's not going to be a Scandella situation. There's not going to be blues fans. I can't believe this. We're paying this guy 950 K to come out here and play this way. No, you're not going to have that conversation. The conversation is going to be okay. Well, Bertuzzo's making 950 K. He's not playing well. Uh, he's just going to sit. They're just not going to play him. Sit, wave him. Who cares? Yeah. Trade him to somebody for a uh, future considerations. I don't know. The once a the once a veteran uh, depth defenseman of the playoffs. Whatever. I, I that's that's what you do. And he's easy to unload, or easy to wave, or easy to just just sit. He's not a Scandella three point two seven five million contract that you you'd like to unload. You know, he's yeah. It's nine hundred fifty k. You didn't just give him a race. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, he's we you save money. We 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 say, we we have 425k more cap space next season because of this deal. If you don't sign him, you got to sign you got to have somebody else play. Now maybe you bring somebody, maybe a Wallman plays, or maybe someone make a league minimum so you save a couple hundred k more. But I mean, we talk about uh, NHL teams going to the playoffs, always wanting to get that extra depth defenseman just in case there's an injury, a veteran depth guy that can be plugged in if somebody gets hurt or not playing well or whatever. Um, it doesn't hurt to have a veteran depth guy that you can plug in third pairing uh, situationally under a million. It's, it's good. It's, it's, it's a fine signing two years. There's no risk here. Um, well, so. and let's add into that that if the Blues, you know, let's say they let him walk, and this summer they say, okay, we're going to replace him in free agency, you're probably spending more money for a guy who, at the very best, is the same level of Bortuzzo. But then you have to factor in they got to learn the system, they got to be able to step in and learn how the Blues play. Bortuzzo's already there. He knows how the Blues play. He knows the system. He knows the coaches. He knows the forwards. He knows where his teammates are going to be. Why make a change of, of such tiny magnitude just for the sake of making a change? Um, I think this is just, again, the right move for the Blues right now. <laughs> right. If If you're looking to upgrade this position, you must be super fucking deep. And yeah. the, Blues, the Blues have depth, but this isn't a position you want to upgrade, right? Yeah, maybe. This is the we, depth. Right. This, is, this is the depth. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what's the upgrade, right? Scott Mayfield? Are you going to pay $4 million more to bring in Scott Mayfield to play this well, job? I wouldn't bring him in to take Bertuzzo's job. I'd bring him in to take Scandella's job. That's what I would do. Right. <laughs> That's, That's the move the I would thing. make. 
Right, but that's the thing with Scandella, and this is what seems to be, you know, would would be set up, is if if you can dump the Scandella salary, and I'm I'm not gonna, you know, do like what I saw suggested, and uh, include him in a trade for Jacob Chickren in the yeah. J the J uh, the JR chat last week, um, but if you can find a taker for you yep. know for Scandella at this point, you do it. That was that was that that trade was brought up by somebody else too on Twitter. But that uh, uh, you know, packaging a Scandella in a deal to get Chikrin, and it's like you know what? Okay, first of all, if you're getting rid of Scandella, it's a salary dump. But if you're also getting Chikrin return, you've got to give up so much for for to pry Chikrin away, and also have them take on your salary dump as well. You got to give up a lot to get Chikrin, right. who. In my opinion, is not solving our defensive problem anyway. So I, I don't. That, I, I, if if you're moving Scandella in that trade, you are literally <laughs> telling Arizona, "Hey, okay, we will throw in two first round picks." Because Robert Thomas and two first his, round picks. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, you take on his I, salary deal. I think the guy proposed uh, Perunovic neighbors first round pick Scandella for Chikrin. That is way too much. I don't like no, that. I don't. Like I don't that. like that one bit. I don't. I, I see Perunovic involved in every deal that I've seen fans propose. For you, you know why? Because I don't he's like a good that. player, and fans want to get rid of good players because we can get something for him. I just don't understand that. I want to see what the Blues have in Perunovic before yeah, just unloading him for Chikrin. I because at the very best, again, I think Perunovic's ceiling maybe is a Chikrin, but. Why trade for that when he's already in the organization? If we're moving Prunovic, it better be for a deal that makes us. Oh wow! Now we're the lead. We're the front runners Whoa. for the cup. You know, for yeah. I mean, I I mean, if we're gonna do that, well, let's let's go big. I, let's make it a blockbuster and say, oh my god, the Blues just solved all their problems, and now they're cup favorites over Colorado. That's fine. Yep, I, I'd do that. Move, I agree. But, but but not no, I, not I just to get seeing, marginally better no and I keep seeing that all the time every deal it's you know Perunovic and piece B PC for for Chikorin and I'm like that doesn't make sense to me why move him now well first like, off he's let's hurt see now what so we got he's on the IR oh, yeah, so he's not true. going anywhere but yeah that it, well it's 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 the mo with with a lot of Blues fans on social media we have somebody good who might be in the minors or might be a, a, a young player trade him because we can get something for him. We don't want to pay him when his contract's up. It's the dumbest thing ever. It happens all the time. It's always happened. This is recently it, as far back as I remember. It's like, Oh, we got, we got to trade him. We don't want to pay this guy. I'm like, well, we, we are paying people. We're, we're spending to the cap. We pay people. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, the Olympics are going on uh, women's hockey has already started and men's hockey starts tomorrow tomorrow morning um, well they've already started or right now i guess or it has started yeah you're right you're yeah. right sorry it has they, started they, today they started today. for us basically men's hockey night. usa starts in the morning tomorrow yeah uh women's hockey uh canada played us uh, the i guess the feature game of the uh uh preliminary round uh, canada beat uh, usa in the qualifying uh, 4 to 2 both advanced to the next round and figured to play again in the gold medal game. Uh, both teams were three and zero coming in. You guys watch this game? Oh yeah, Canada. I watched. I watched the first period and knew that Canada was going to win because the U.S. 
far outplayed Canada in the first period and just couldn't couldn't get to the net, couldn't yeah. capitalize. The whole game. And, I, and the Canada scores game. on a power play opportunity. I'm like, yeah, I, I know how this game's going to go. I can fall asleep without worrying. USA goes so up 2-1. The, the second period was, like, even more so. Like, watching them play and then them go up 2-1, my thought was, okay, yeah. now they have to win because they have just been pressuring and dominating. And Canada, just like you said, man, like, like I guess you're insinuating, Canada just took advantage took advantage of their chances. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I they outshot Canada fifty three to twenty seven, oh, almost almost one shot shy of twice as many shots, um, unreal. And, and and I'd like to say you know if if it happens again the same way in the in, if they meet in the final, I mean, I, can Canada do this again? Can they can they get the amazing? Or can they get record breaking goaltending again? Maybe. But I mean, their their goalie she was, made, she was oh, phenomenal. The reason why they won, and and she yeah. set the record for most saves uh, by a Canadian goalie in the Olympics ever, men's or women's. Which I read that and I'm like, wow, that's impressive. But then wait a second, Canada's traditionally had really good teams, so the other teams probably aren't getting tons of shots on them anyway. So that makes sense. Still though, no, yeah, that's no, I, super no, impressive. Yeah, and to only allow two. And that's got to be that's got to be up there for any team, really. I mean, facing that many shots, shots and making that many saves. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, it was impressive, and I was disappointed to see USA not not take advantage of their chances. Canada, and you know what? They had fifty three shots on goal, and Canada blocked a shit ton of shots. There, there were so many shots directed towards the net, and Canada blocked a ton of shots. And I was getting mad because I'm like, it's kind of like you know Pareko with the point. You know, get the puck through, get it on net. They can't do it. They couldn't get it through. Uh, there so were a couple shots. times, and I'm I'm thinking of uh, Carpenter especially on uh, the last. Uh, power play that the U.S. had late in the game. Um, yeah, they there were multiple times where it was just one time the puck, and it reminded yeah. me of Tarasenko. Yeah, because it's right. like if you one time it, that's the only way you're going to beat uh, Debian. Is that how you say your name? Uh, Rene Debian. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the only way you're going to beat her is is get her side to side, surprise her with a shot. And yeah, it was the constant cradle and shoot, and that would let the uh, Canadian defenseman uh, get right in the lane and block the shot. I mean, they all credit to Canada. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying anything bad about them. They played phenomenal, uh, just great defensive hockey. I, I I didn't see what total shot count was—not shots on goal, but like shots, shots attempted. Uh, directed. I didn't either. I, they don't it give you high. I mean, I'm sure they exist out there somewhere, but the Team USA's hockey site. They don't give shit for no, stats. No, I don't give you anything. It's awful. Yeah. I don't get it. But man, they um they they looked oh they looked so good. And I agree. I think if this that game is played the same way in a playoff game, I think US pushes through. Um, but the penalty shot on Poulan Poulan that did not help. No, that's uh, true. Yeah, that was bad. God, she's good. She is so fast. Like ridiculous well, fast. Yeah, what did I say last week? We all know that the gold medal game is going to come down to a triple overtime goal by Marie Philippe Poulain. and it's just she's ridiculous. You know, you know what's going to happen, dude. When she when she stopped that that pass at the point, I think it was actually unfortunately St. Louis and uh, Jincy Dunn that turned it over to her, and she just was off to the races. I'm like, just let her go. I think Mike McKenna even said that on on Twitter, friend of the show. Well, yeah. 
at, at that point, you just have to let her go and hope your goalie makes the save. Well, and she got, up, she got, she got, getting a slash. Then she got the penalty shot. And well, she got an uncontested shot off. I mean, well, well, she the penalty was committed, and then she came in and and got a clean shot off, and, and she didn't score. So the penalty, in hindsight, didn't have to be committed because she missed on the shot anyway. So, but, but right. she got a second chance at it. So that kind of sucked. She was so far gone at that point. Like, yeah, I, I hate was, to say it, you know, as a defenseman, you want to do anything to stop that breakaway. But I mean, at and, that point, she's so far gone. You just have to expect your goalie's going to come up with a big save. USA had six power plays and they had one power play goal and they had chances. They had a few power plays in that third period with a chance to pull within one and uh and get back in it and they just couldn't get it i mean they pressured and they shot and they've had attack zone time and uh it was crazy how many turnovers they forced this entire game mm-hmm. canada's trying to come out of the zone and they and the, and usa would force a turnover and they come right back and they and they wouldn't let them out it was just i mean they were there for two or three minutes at a time just nonstop pressure it was crazy and to not win that game was just nuts i and then i I, I would I, I think Team USA has to be pretty happy with most of their game. I think um, obviously getting the goalie to move and open some holes uh, and get some shots off quicker and not have as many blocked. It's hard to say that they need more shots on goal when they got 53. Um, shots on goal wasn't a problem. It's just they could have had so many more too. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we don't get to watch a lot of women's hockey. I mean, for one, we're, we're bogged down by NHL, but – also the fact that it's just really not available because man, Hillary Knight, Kendall Coyne, Schofield, seeing the moves that those ladies can put on, they're fucking good, man. They got some hands and you know, they're just getting open left and right. Amanda Kessel's up there too. Yeah. Just Hound Jesus the puck. Christ. Puck yeah. hounds. And the four check was ridiculous. They were all over yep. Canada. Um, Matt Harris said, uh, talking about our earlier topic with uh, Bertuzzo blues fans complaining about saving money on Bort's contract really out here. Like my water is too clean. <laughs> There's your comment of the show. Right that was there. pretty good. I don't know. I kind of liked the, uh, uh, what was the uh, one early on? Um, Oh, Futurama sucks. That was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, men's hockey has started. Uh, uh, USA starts tomorrow. Uh, NHL players are obviously not going. Uh, of the 25 members of Team USA, 15 are college students. So uh, other countries are sending more experienced veteran players, some with former NHLers, many with former NHLers. Uh, uh, Team USA's first game is at, I've got 9, 10 p.m. here. It's 9, 10, I think it's 9, 10, 9, 10 a.m. or 8, 10? 8, 10 is, I'm not sure if that's our time or Eastern time or what that is. Anyway, it's in the morning tomorrow, Central time. 8, 10 maybe? I um, don't know. I think check. it's eight ten. Okay, it's eight ten. Eight ten or nine ten. Um, and then uh, so first uh, Thursday uh, against China, and then they play Canada on Saturday. Um, and again, that might be noon, I guess. It's seven ten central uh, tomorrow okay. morning. Jeez. Okay, I'll record it. Yeah. So <laughs> I will be. I will be watching. I'll I'll record it and I'll maybe put it on in the background at work or something. Uh. Every, I, you know what? I forgot about this. That before NHL players were playing in the Olympics for USA and Canada or USA, I guess. Um, every Olympics, they would flash back to Miracle on Ice, right? College kids beating the mighty Russians. 
and they talk about chances of it happening again. And I'm like, and they did it again. <laughs> 42 years or 40, was it 40? Yeah, 42 years ago. Um, and it's still, it's just kind of funny that Channel 5 did something about uh, they're trying to do it again. They're trying to be those miracle ki college kids that are beating the Russians. And I'm like, okay, it's been 42 years, guys. Come on. Nine. Every uh, what, what, did, what did they say in the movie? I don't know. Maybe if Herb Brooks ever actually said this, but it was something along, along the lines of they're going to beat us nine out of 10 times, but there's that one time. Yeah. Not this game. Not tonight. Yeah. Yeah. This is our time. Their time is done. It's over. Yep. So 42 years later, we would have won three games, That's... four games, four games. What? Mm. One, three, four games. No. If, if the math, if nine out of 10 times, oh, right, 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 right. 42 <laughs> games later, we would have won four games. I'm not a math guy. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess they'll never stop doing that. No, um, which I, you know, I, I love, I love the story. I'll watch Miracle every now and then um, documentaries. Yeah, I'm all up for it. But I think, I think I've heard every single story that can be told about that, that uh, 1980. I've, I've read like three books about it. I think yeah. Mike Ruzioni wrote one, a couple other players wrote one. I, yeah, I've, I'm the same. Boy. I think I've heard every possible story you can hear about that. And Mike Ruzioni uh, uh, at the Olympics time is kind of like, uh, uh, the, the groundhog seen his shit you know, coming out of the hole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a Mariah Carey at Christmas time. He's like, there, there he is. Okay. There he is. Uh, there he's, and that made his career. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how much he makes from these appearances and stuff, but he's every four years he's out there. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Harris says I'll only be about 1.5 hours away from the Isabel cup. Might make a special trip up for a game or two. You should the, uh, the PHF. Um, our friend uh, Amanda Levier having another good season up with the Minnesota Whitecaps. So uh, definitely check a game out if you can. Next up for the Blues, we got uh, New Jersey on Thursday. So uh, pretty easy month for the Blues. I should pull up the schedule here. I didn't do that. Um, we, we, did, we did talk about this um, last week, I believe, uh, about their easy schedule in February. I mean, yep. they've got, what, uh, a game against Toronto? And that's it. Right. Toronto's Toronto's the tough game. We have Blackhawks twice. Although the Blackhawks did dispatch the Oilers tonight. Yeah, well the Oilers though. I mean they're right. The Oilers struggling. are right there. They're destined to get blown up. I it it's just they're like yeah, they they're they have issues. I don't know. I something's I mean they had such a great start and then they just completely fell apart. Uh I guess no goaltending. Uh, the uh, Devils uh, tomorrow or Thursday, and then um, Chicago, Ottawa, Montreal, and the tough one in Toronto, in Toronto, and then Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Chicago. I the months don't get much easier than this. So you've got to take advantage. Yeah, we did. We, right. I mean, you, and, you you have to go. You have to go six sixty seven for your win percentage. Through and let's month. face it, guys. Six out of eight. Dallas. Oh, for sure. Is that what it is? Six out of um, Six out of eight? Is that the numbers? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Dallas won tonight of, over New uh, Nashville, which was nice. But uh, that's, that's they, uh, for those of regulation. You, yeah, regulation. And uh, Minnesota uh, lost those, last night in regulation, too. For those of you who have kind of tuned out from the NHL, except for maybe All-Star Weekend, 
standings update: Colorado is running away with the division, sixty-eight points in forty-four games. Nashville Which... second, sixty points in forty-seven, and uh, Minnesota fifty-nine points in forty-two. Blues are in fourth, fifty-seven points in forty-four games. Dallas seven points behind them with now fifty points. So not only, I mean, listen, that's seven-point lead over Dallas. That's nice. Don't get me wrong. And then we're gonna we're gonna see the Central send two teams for the. Uh, for the wild card again. But like Kurt said, you don't want to play Colorado in that first round. You know, you got to come out strong out of this break and don't let Dallas think they have any hope of catching you. Get yourselves over. I mean, you're only two points uh, behind Minnesota, uh, only three points behind Nashville. This is very doable to come out of February, at least in second place for the Blues. So, uh, just got to get rolling right off the start here. Barring any craziness, uh, I think Blues finished top three in the in the Central. I, I'm not. I think I think they catch Minnesota and uh, maybe even Nashville. So, or I, I think they catch Nashville, maybe Minnesota. We'll see. I know they, Minnesota has two games in hand on us. We have three games in hand on Nashville. Uh, three points down. So, if we take care of business this month, uh, we should be in the top three, no problem. We'll see. Then head into March, which uh, March is it goes into April right this year, right? The season, the game seasons do the back, the games do. End of April. Yeah. I think it's yeah. April. End of April. End of That's April. right. It's late April. Yeah. Okay. Uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. The uh, Montreal Canadiens fire uh, Dominique Ducharme and make Martin Saint Louis the interim head coach. So entering Wednesday, the Canadians have a 8-30-7 and seven record, which is good for 23 points. The worst record in the NHL. Montreal has lost seven straight games. Did they play tonight? No? Don't believe so. Okay. 7-1, uh, including a 7-1 loss at the hands of the Devils on Tuesday. St. Louis, uh, St. Louis doesn't have any prior head coaching experience, but did serve as the special teams uh, consultant with the Columbus Blue Jackets under John Torrella back in 2019. Uh, the most decorated and successful team in NHL history by far uh, is going on 30 years since their last Stanley Cup, Bill. They could not win a cup for another 100 years, and it's quite possible nobody would catch them in Cups 1. Uh, Montreal has 24, Detroit has 13, uh, Toronto has 13, Detroit has 11, Boston and Chicago each have 6. So uh, your thoughts on uh, Martin St. Louis? We're going to give this... We're going to give this to Bill, but I just want to make one comment. Martin San Louis, yes, he has no prior head coaching experience, but Bill, what is the thing he has experience in that got him this job? Speaking, Speaking French. French. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Ducharme was, you know, I, I, Ducharme needed to go. He was Bergevin's pick. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I never liked, uh, never liked the moves leading up to Ducharme. I didn't like when they brought back, um, Claude Julien. Um, before that, I didn't like when they, when they brought back, um, uh, old smokestack guy. I can't remember his name now. Um, I think he's still an assistant in, in Pittsburgh probably, but, uh, just bad, bad coaching decisions ever since, you know, they, they had, uh, that great run, um, back, you know, with, uh, with Carboneau, um, and then, uh, 
Kirk Muller didn't get the job, wound up coming to St. Louis, you know, on a on an assistant gig. Um, I I just I don't think Montreal's had a good handle on the coaching carousel. Um, I'm glad that they just tagged uh, San Louis with the the interim. Um, you know, I, my thoughts on Ducharme. Right, he had nothing to do with the success of the Montreal Canadiens last year. That that was a team that Ducharme didn't need to do a whole lot to coach. They had, you know, they had Shea Weber, who basically, you know, he was he was the leader. He had Corey Perry, and you had Carey Price, and those three guys knew that that was probably their best shot in an odd year, and they took it. And they did very well. And I don't, I, I don't credit Ducharme for for contributing to the success of that team last year. And then you know this offseason, everybody goes right. You, you lose Corey Perry, Shea Weber's basically having to retire. Carey Price is out injured the entire year. Um, or, in in the uh, the league, uh, you know, uh, behavioral program for a, a, a good stint, but also recovering from surgery, um, and then you let Philippe Deneau go, and um, he signs in L.A. Um, just terrible, terrible roster decisions around that team. Um, it's going to take a while for for them to to rebuild. Um, you know the. Uh, Kakanyami uh, getting signed uh, to an offer sheet and Bergevin doesn't match it. Um, you know that that was the writing on the wall for him. You know he got his pants pulled down. Uh, good riddance. Um, I it was only a matter of time before Ducharme got it, and uh, I was surprised it took to this point. Um, if hell, if they would have started playing with uh, you know play with him again, um, you know I. I would have been surprised. So not not shocking that they replaced them. Glad glad that you know if they're going to have to go with a French speaking coach, they only give him the interim. And and I I'll be interested to see what San Luis can do with the team. But this team is such a far cry from last year, um, and they need to completely restart this rebuild. Suzuki's your core guy. Cole Caulfield, he has had such a hard year. Um, you know, if if they can find some magic, but they got every other piece, they still have to rebuild. And I expect Montreal to sell. Right there, there are going to be players gone. Sherratt's going to be gone. Um, you know, it, a couple other guys will probably be gone too. And and I'll be honest, I I have not taken time out to watch a Canadians game in several weeks, probably over a month, because they've been so awful. So big deal. Glad you charm gone. That's a big deal. You gonna watch a little more under uh, Saint Louis? Uh, definitely gonna try to catch a few more, at least at first. But you know, this season's lost. So you know, if they get on a heater, uh, it'll be a good storyline for San Louis and nobody else, right? They, they need, they need to get a very high first round pick. Uh, Sidney Crosby scored his 499th goal last night, uh, came in the, uh, game versus Boston, uh, which was a very eventful game. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, plays Ottawa Thursday night. 
So a pretty good chance. He gets his 500th uh, Thursday. So when he gets it, he'll join Ovechkin as the only active players with 500-plus goals. So that's kind of cool. Minus Yamir Yager. He is Who will play not until he's 900. Active meaning NHL active. <laughs> right. I know. I know. But, man, it's crazy. That dude is still oh, yeah. going. Well, he has, he has to. He owns the team. If he doesn't play, the team basically folds, I think. Something like that. <laughs> He's kind of caught. Yeah, I, I don't think he wants to play anymore, but he kind of I've read that he kind of has to. Otherwise, you know, there's no interest in the team would fold. Something like that. Um, Brad Marchand uh, punches Pittsburgh goalie Tristan Jari. In, uh, an in-person hearing was offered, and he it came down after the show started that he got six games. Yeah. Yep. So, well, did you see? Did you see the hijinks before the game? Yeah. Well, it was after the second period, where, where yeah. uh, Jari had the puck. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And he was trying to give it to a fan, and and yep. Marshan knocked it off his stick. Oh, violently <laughs> slashed his stick, took the puck, skated center, and then threw the puck. Like, what? Like, what the fuck happened? Jari had total. I mean, I, I mean, I I get the total pest nature you know i, I i'm that was fine more with than that that was more than that but though. yeah i mean to me it's like it's clear what jari's doing you're really gonna not allow him to give a puck to a fan like what the fuck man come on and jari's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah like in in disbelief that was so messed up um but uh yeah with 24 seconds to go in the game marshan sucker punched jari in the mask then later got restrained by a ref and then purposely uh, pushed his way towards Jari and, and uh, high-sticked him in the mask. So punched him, then high-sticked him on purpose. Uh, Marshawn received now a match I, penalty. I am, I am not – you know, we, we've all made it pretty clear on the show, at least I think you guys agree with me, not big Crosby fans here. Yeah. But after he punches Jari, Crosby did nothing. I mean, I know that none of the Penguins did. Was but it Crosby, Crosby was, was right there right next to him? There. Yes. He grabbed him. He grabbed him. He grabbed him, but then he like just kind of let him go yeah. and let the fucking yeah, referee take him. Yeah. I and know. I'm like, and and it it just adds to it that the fact that those two were apparently buddy buddy off the ice. I don't yeah. care if it's Kurt. You know, if we're playing against each other and you punch my goalie in the face, I'm wrestling you to the ground. I don't care that you're my podcast co-host and well, a good friend of mine. I punched You're getting in the your face ass in, taken down. I punched you in the face in the handshake line. <laughs> you did, and I deserved it. <laughs> I definitely deserve that one. <laughs> At least you're both honest about it, which yeah. yes. we would yes. never expect I, from Brian Marchand. I have uh, deserved many of uh, uh, punch in the face my, my playing days. So I know that's funny. After after that happened, one of my I don't even know if I told you this. One of my teammates was like. That guy punch you in the face? I go, no, nah, it's okay. We do a podcast together. <laughs> He's like, what? Why is that okay? <laughs> That's never okay. I'm surprised he's getting jumped. Uh, but yeah, Marshan got uh, six games, and he was already suspended for three games earlier this season for a slew footing. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. I, I don't. I don't think six games is enough for this piece of shit. I. I. I every time there's a, there's a, a, a judgment that comes down for a suspension, I always think it's light. I always. I mean, two games for this, three games for that. Come on, 
if, if you want people to stop offender. doing stuff, start start giving people 15 game suspensions. That's that's substantial, you know. Yep. I, I don't. Yeah. I just, it, they've never been long enough for for me. I I I think they should be much. Yeah. Well, and, stiff with the penalties. and for repeat offenders, you know, like the fact that this season he was already suspended for three games, not only double it, triple it, quadruple it, you know, yeah. say, tell him at the time, hey, if you do something suspension worthy again the rest of the season, you're out 15 games. We don't care what it is, you know, like that's how it should be. Yeah. And, and they just they keep handing out these light suspensions and. Because of the CBA, they can't find them a lot of money either, so they don't care about getting fined. It's just, ugh, they they gotta do something about this. It's not a good look. I guess I guess six games isn't exactly light, but it's not what I wanted it to be. You know what I mean? It's not three games. Mm-hmm. Two or three games would have been stupid. But uh, you know, six games is more than most guys get for most things. But I still think, I mean, just the kind of player he is and his history, and and what he did. It was two things. A blatant punch to the head of a goalie, and then the going after a guy and a high stick on purpose while you're tied up with the referee. What the fuck? I mean, what does it matter that the player wasn't hurt? What if a stick goes in his eye? I mean, that's not it's intentional. I don't I just Well, and I've said before that the fact that you use your stick as a weapon, I'm never right. I mean, in all my years, yes, I've slashed people. I've you know, uh, back when I played more competitive, there was plenty of times that I got a slash in the back of the ankles or something, but to like literally take it and just be like, I'm going to hit this guy in the head. Yeah. In the head. That's in the not face. fucking cool. Yeah. That is not cool. So, I mean, you see, yeah, like you said, you see intentional slashes on the shins and the, and the whatever. Um, that's one thing, you know, there's, there's, but this is the face. It's the head. Yeah. Uh, so Rocky words. Oh boy. Yeah, and this is going to close out the show. We'll close it on a high note. <laughs> on a Dan high note? On a Dan high note. Two uh, mentions on this show. The The Blackhawks had a town meeting with uh, with some journalists who uh, asked questions. They answered. Well, they, they answered some of them. Uh, owner and chairman of the Chicago Blackhawks, Rocky Wirtz, was on stage. Um, who was his son's name? Uh, I don't know the D. Dan? Dan? Daniel, maybe? Daniel? I think it was Daniel. And uh, Ed Olchek was on stage too, who I felt bad for because he was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> um, but Mark Lazarus, who covers the the Blackhawks for The Athletic, um, asked a question about the Blackhawks, uh, what the Blackhawks will do in the future to empower a player in a similar situation as Kyle Beach, who, if you remember, was sexually assaulted by a Blackhawks video coach during the playoffs. And the Blackhawks covered up for 10 years. Rocky Wirtz went off on him saying how they weren't going to talk about the past. And that since Lazarus doesn't work for the Blackhawks, he isn't entitled to an answer to that question. (laughs) Total bullshit. Wrong. Uh, Wrong response to that question. Then uh, another journalist, Phil Thompson, uh, brought up that the Blackhawks, right after this question, Uh, brought up the Blackhawks had said after the Kyle Beach fiasco that they were going to change the culture within the Blackhawks organization and have transparency, much more transparency in the future. Transparency, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, and then Wirtz refused to answer the question again, saying they were moving forward, they weren't going to talk about 2010, and that's all I was going to say. So this is the opposite of transparency. 
And I think Steve Dangle may have said it best on his podcast when he he talked about it at length. And he gets so worked up. It's it's, and he's passionate and he's 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 intelligent about stuff. But uh, he said Wirtz is pissed off because he threw money at this situation to make it go away, and that he's just pissed it's not going away. He's a filthy rich man who gets his way out of uh, he gets his way out of tough spots by just throwing his money at problems. And he's being a complete dick on stage because he's still being asked questions revolving around the Kyle Beach incident and refusing to answer those questions. When the Blackhawks organization themselves had said they were going to be completely transparent about this stuff moving forward. And when they have the opportunity to be transparent, they put up a big time resistance and do the exact opposite of being transparent. Well, the, the thing that drove me absolutely bonkers about this too is the fact that there's a part, and I think it was when Lazarus asked his question, and by the way, he's listed on Google as Danny Wartz. So I okay. don't know if that's what he goes by. But uh, he actually started to answer. Yeah. Like, you could tell. He was like, oh, I'm going to go at, you know, at Rocky, let me take this. And, like, start to answer. I go, no, Rocky stops him. No, no, you don't need to answer that. None of us need to answer that. And it's, dude, let, the guy is intelligent. He's not going to, like, throw you under the bus or anything, plus your family. Like, let him answer the fucking question, and guess what? This might go away because you're making this a very bad situation. And he just – he wouldn't let anyone else talk about it. It, Idiot. Absolute idiot. The Lots of people are calling for words to step down as chairman, the Blackhawks. Um, he's not going to sell the team. That's not going to happen. But yeah, a lot, lot of people want him to step down uh, from that role. Get, he, right. Get out of the public limelight. Yeah. Just even even hawk fans i mean some guys some people are like i don't know what to do you know i'm so pissed off at how this organization has been handling things for apparently 10 years now uh and especially recently the fallout they go we don't know what we're gonna do we're a season ticket holder this season we're gonna play out this season but we're probably not gonna renew um and that was one of the questions uh asked after uh, Lazarus's question was, you know, season ticket holders are worried about their value on resale. That's um, just dropping. So, and then he was all pissed off about that too. Where it's one off on him for that question. Um, so I, it's, it's interesting uh, when you hear Blackhawks fans say that because um, attendance is dropping, which, you know, it, it, they, they suck. Attendance is going to fall because they suck. It's not rocket surgery to, to understand how that happens. But, Blackhawks fans are kind of known for that too. You know, they disappear when the when the going gets rough. They, they did for a long time there. Um, but uh, I no sports team. If the Blues, I'm sorry. I mean, as big a Blues fan as I am, if the Blue, if this, if if the Blues had been doing what the Blackhawks have done, and they covered up the Kyle Beat situation, and they responded to it like they've done, I I'd pick another team. I'd be done. I I, I it, would not. It I, would I, be. It would be difficult to continue this show. Yes. Like I, I I honestly think we would have to rebrand and we would call ourselves an NHL show because it would be hard to talk about this team and not just feel disgusted and icky the whole time. It's just so I, I it's just so offensive. I, I unbelievably obtuse team that to think that that I mean it's just going to go away because they they spent money to make it go away. Um, and, well, and, and John Doe number two, uh, that I feel even worse for him, kind of because he, I, he's not even getting. I mean, he's he got some money and then it's just swept under the rug. 
You know, yep. it just it just goes away, and it's like that's the that's it. Well, so another thing that he said up. was that nobody nobody from 2010 is still here. Okay, what about you, Rocky Wurtz? You were there. And how about the three guys that you just brought in to find a GM in Patrick Sharp, Ed Olchek, and Marion Hosa? Now, maybe those guys had no clue what was going on. I don't, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus that we don't know for sure. But And then Jonathan Taves is still your captain. Patrick Kane is still on your roster. Like, don't tell us that nobody from 2010 is still with the organization because – we can list people off who fucking are, man. Come on. Completely, completely tone deaf. And yeah, and Dangle got it completely right. Just uh, and I paraphrased. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't quoting him. I just kind of wrote down some notes when I was listening to it. But uh, it, it, uh I let's ask Mark McGuire how the we're not gonna talk about the past bullshit went. You know, that didn't go right. too well. <laughs> right. I'm going to go to Congress and say, oh, I'm not here to talk about the past. No, what the, that's why, the why fuck we you here? brought you here. Yeah, why the fuck and are you here? And McGuire wasn't aggressive either. He was just, I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about it. Wirtz was like, you know, yeah. we're not he, doing this. He this was, is not, you know, dude, come on. He was belligerent. This is important. Yeah, he was belligerent. And he acted like the journalists were way out of line. And they shouldn't be asking these questions. And I'm like, it, 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 it was, they were great questions. They were good questions. And uh, I don't know how the town hall was going before or after that. But uh, if you if you look at Mark Lazarus' uh, Twitter feed, he's got the, the video posted of the, uh, the questions and, and Wurtz's response. And, yeah, it's the way it's – almost, it's almost not what Wurtz said. It's more the way he said it. I mean, he what he said was stupid, and and not accurate and uh, and obtuse. But but the way he said it was just like he's the bully in the room, and he's pissed off for this. And and Dangle also said, which I thought was a great point, that when this was covered up, the Kyle Beach thing for ten years, they didn't tell Rock, tell the Wirtz family. They didn't tell Rocky Wirtz. Be, be, and because because this is how he reacts to shit. You know, he, he doesn't yeah. handle things well or correctly at all. So they didn't tell him. Uh-huh. And so Apple did not <laughs> fall far from the tree. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I, I will say I got, I got something wrong here and I'm glad about it. And that was, I said that Laz's press credentials were getting revoked and uh, he, oh. he, he has a pretty good tweet about uh, uh, trying to interview to from home tonight. His Alexa answered for him. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, um, it's so. uh, it was a gong show, and and I saw somebody. I think it was actually somebody, like a PR director, for I don't even know if it was a sports team or not, but they tweeted about it, and they said, "How was he not prepped for a question like this? Like well, you did, had did to you see... know that oh, that question was coming." No. I, Didn't it, you see the the next day the Blackhawks posted a, oh, yeah. a job yeah. for PR director? Yeah. 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 And, uh, maybe and that's also, why. And Wurtz <laughs> did issue a quote apology, which wasn't really an apology. Um no, but it was it very wasn't. short. And I don't have it in front of me, but it was very short and not really to the point. Uh, and for for the seriousness 
of the situation that Wirtz created, uh, that was that fell way short of what was necessary. It was awful. Yep. Again, again, you have a chance. Okay, maybe you can save some face by releasing a press uh, something to the press uh, that will, you know, kind of apologize, on you know, legitimately apologize and uh, say the right things. Nope, fucked it up again. So. Yep. And this time you had plenty of time to think about it. Yeah. Monkeys fucking a football up in Chicago. That's what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, actually I, I actually do feel bad for Blackhawks fans. I really do. Because, do you know, think about it. Again, you said it if it were the Blues. You know, what would you do? I, yeah. You know, it's like for the Blackhawks, you know, think about it. If you were a Blackhawks fan, the way you're a Blues fan, like your heart is so invested into that team. You've spent money. You've spent time. You've maybe even named your pets after players. You've I mean, cried. You've Probably. cried I mean, over losses yeah, and I mean, wins. Yeah. You know, and, and then to, to have this happen in your organization, this, this organization that is near and dear to you, that's tough. I, I feel real bad for the, the real Blackhawks fans out there. I, I'm, I'll, you know, my last point on this is I, I had been kicking around the idea um, of going the Blues play Blackhawks in Chicago on the 27th, 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon game, go to the game, drive home. I was kicking around that idea. I, just, I can't give my money to, to the Wirtz family. Can't do well, it. That's why you'd buy them a third 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 party. Then doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna buy something at the game. Oh, you sneak stuff They're... in. You sneak in food and you piss on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't clean up your trash. Well, no, don't do that because uh, that's someone's got to clean it up. Then they're not responsible. So. Yeah, agree. Don't do that. Unless it's like you're told, hey, actually, Rocky Wirtz said he's gonna clean this section up later tonight. <laughs> then trash it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then we're shit. Which I don't think Rocky Wartz has picked up a uh, piece of trash in probably his whole life. Ken Morris said uh, Rocky Wartz is acting like he is the owner of the Danbury Trashers. I haven't watched that documentary. Have you guys? No, there's, I need there's, to. I've, there's I've, a documentary on, you know, on uh, Netflix. I should watch yeah. it. That's a shit show of a, <laughs> of a situation. I am amazed I haven't seen that yet. I'm actually yeah. amazed that all three of us haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's 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 been on. I I, I keep uh, glazing over it. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch that. I never do. <clears throat> All right. So, and uh, and the show on a happy note. Uh, any other questions uh, in the YouTube chat? We got anything else? Oh. Uh, not that I could see, but you know, we, Can... it was a great short show, guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Ruby thing happened after we decided to have a short show, right? <laughs> right. Uh, right. Ken Morrow uh, was the story. Ken Ken Morrow said Ken Morrow was the story of that USA 1980 team wins gold at the Olympics and then wins the Stanley Cup with the Islanders a few months later. That was a you talk about peaking early in your life. Right, right place, right time. Yeah. Ken, we, Ken Morrow uh, had great years in. No, you know what I'm saying is I don't think it gets much better than that. You know, winning the right. gold medal and the cup in the same year, uh, you can't beat yeah. that. How do we know that Ken Morris is not actually Ken Morrow? There's only two letters off there. That's true. Mm. Could be uh, tooting his own horn there. Say, hey, Ken Morrow. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Morrow's great. Sure, why not? Friend of the show, Ken Morrow. (laughs) 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 Should I have him on? He's not doing anything. Yeah, I'll call him. Actually, uh, in about 
what, a week and a half, you should call uh, Iruzioni. He'll be bored. He won't even work. Yeah, that's true. I call I, anyone from that U.S. team. I actually, I assume we'll see Iruzioni when the when the U.S. starts playing, but. Uh, Matt Harris somewhere. says, I've never seen Ken Morris and Ken Morrow in the same room at the same time. There you go. Mystery solved. Yep. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, all right. Uh, support for Let's Go Booze Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidealife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin, rockinthatidealife at rockinthatidealife at gmail.com. That's hard to say. And tell him Let's Go Booze Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis' hockey team brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their tap room located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis. It's one of the best places to, to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 22 of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've been doing bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's see if I can get this right this week. Beat LA. Let's go Bengals. Let's go Blues. Yeah, fuck the NFL. Let's go Blues. <laughs> Kurt, I'm so proud of you. Let's oh. go Bengals. Let's go Blues. I love Kurt Price. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.